Today on the Women Mind the Water Art of a Series, I'm speaking with Demetra Skandali. Demetra grew up on Paros, a Greek island in the Aegean Sea. She says the island has shaped the way she sees the world. Demetra combined traditional fiber arts like crochet, embroidery, and weaving with sea grasses and beach trash as a way to focus attention on the ocean and the environmental issues and impacts its health and stability. The Women Mind the Water Artivist Series podcast on womenmindthewater.com engages artists in conversation about their work and explores their connection with the ocean. Through their stories, Women Mind the Water hopes to inspire and encourage action to protect the ocean and her creatures. My guest on the Women Mind the Water Artivist Series podcast is Demetra Scandali, an artist from the Greek island of Paros. While her work is rooted in her relationship with the Aegean Sea, Demetra also has ties to the Pacific Ocean, having spent almost a decade in California. By using beach trash and other natural materials, she explores sustainability and other environmental issues like ocean pollution. Her installations, which have been curated in more than 90 solo and group exhibitions worldwide, allude to increasing environmental risks alongside human migrations and struggles with identity. Welcome, Demetri. In preparation for this podcast, I took a virtual tour of Paros and saw that your island home is surrounded by crystal blue waters edged by sandy beaches and white rocks. Its towns are lined with cobblestones and whitewashed buildings. Its picture postcard beautiful. Demetra, let's begin by having you give us a brief description of the Paros you know. Take us on a virtual trip of the coastline. Hello, Pam. Thank you so much for having me here. It's a big honor to be here and present my work and share it with uh, the, your community and the people around the world. I'm truly honored. Uh, uh, well, you got it. Paros is a picture is a, like a card postal, like all the, the islands in the Aegean Sea. I grew up here. Uh, it is... Um, uh, the, the island is very small. You can go around, uh, around it in one hour by car. Uh, there are eight uh, villages around the island. Um, most of them are close to the coast. Uh, the seaside, uh, the beaches, and the, um, the coasts is like you described: uh, clear crystal water, turquoise water with sandy or rocky beaches. Um, in general, the landscape is dry, uh, uh, but uh, what strikes you is this uh, white and blue with. Um, White and blue, I mean, with the, the, the buildings, the white buildings, but also the blue uh, water with the sky and all the variations of blue is uh, something really beautiful. So when did you begin to notice the unnatural things that washed you ashore? Was it a gradual awakening or was there some event that first grabbed your attention? No, there was not something very specific. Um in general, uh, in, especially on the island, uh, the northern beaches uh, collected, gathered uh, mostly uh, plastic and uh, trash uh, because we have um, um, 
strong uh, north winds. So in these beaches, you could find anything you can imagine. And uh, I was I was very attracted to this this side and uh, searching for treasures. You know, I was calling them always treasures, and I spent lots of time uh, collecting. Um, um, yeah, it was not one one time thing. You know, it was always, uh, okay. uh, but not uh, not something uh, that was. It was not overwhelming. It was okay. not something uh, that struck me. It was something that was attract attracting me all the time. Because so of what, guys, yes. Yeah. So at what point did you realize that the unnatural things were causing problems for Paros? Was there a direct impact on you or people around you? No, no. It was not uh, that striking, uh, as I said. It was not something that influenced uh, because uh, we we were always sensitive uh, to how to the um, to keep the beaches clean. So, for example, there were always initiatives uh, from uh, the with schools or uh, separate groups uh, with uh, environmental uh, sensitivities, or even you know uh, just a couple of friends going around and collecting anything you can find. So. It was not uh, uh, something that struck me. What struck me really was when I did um, um, travels uh, in uh, places like in Central America or in Southern, uh, Southeast Asia, where I saw the plastic being everywhere and uh, with no empty spot to put your feet. You know, uh, that was for me... Um, a moment where I realized um, uh, how big the problem is. Over here, you can't, you cannot really experience that overwhelming. So in leading up to talking about your art, I was interested to learn that seagrass is the only flowering plant to grow in marine environments. Seagrass, I learned, evolved from terrestrial plants that recolonize the ocean 70 to 100 million years ago. Like other flowering plants, seagrasses are characterized by having roots and stems and leaves, and they also form tiny flowers, fruits, and seeds. Seagrass meadows are some of the most productive ecosystems in the world. Once out of water, however, the seagrass dries and becomes brittle. So how is it that you have chosen to work with such a fragile material, and how do you manipulate it? Uh, for me, it was a symbolism of the ocean. And uh, when I was uh, far away from home, uh, when I was in California for almost 10 years, as you mentioned, uh, it was, uh, it felt to me uh, what connected me with the island. So being uh, closer, close to the ocean and uh, spending hours collecting it and uh, knotting it together and spending time with friends also collecting it and doing the work sometimes together, uh, it felt to me that uh, it brought me closer to home. I think what you do is unique. I haven't come across anybody else that works with seagrass. I know here in Maine, um, I see people go to the beach and rake up the seagrass and use it as fertilizer on their beds. But yeah. because it's 
it's so brittle. It's not something that you intuitively think of as working with. So I wondered, would you describe the creations you make from seagrass like being sandcastles and just temporary creations? Are they meant to withstand the passage of time? Yes, uh, uh, you are very right. That's how I see them. Uh, they are so fragile. And even uh, when I was, I am working with it, it, uh, it, uh, it constantly breaks uh, and I go back and knot it again and I continue again and again uh, to do the same thing. I mean, and if I have to install and uh, reinstall the same piece, it's like I'm doing it from the beginning because it, it breaks all the time. So yes, uh, it has the symbolism of our ephemerality and uh, how sensitive uh, uh, our balances are with between humans and nature. Uh, it is like a, a bell reminding us, you know, our reminding us the circle of life and our perishability of our presence. It it gave me the uh, the opportunity to use it as a language and to go and to to read it to read it with uh, the tradition that I knew. So how different are the beaches in Northern California from the ones in Paros? What's the most, what's the most striking difference? Ooh, there is no comparison, I think. It was, uh, oh my God, it was a big um, surprise to when I first saw the Pacific Ocean. It, this uh, vastness of it. And, uh, you know, I was in San Francisco because I studied in San Francisco Art Institute. And the the feeling that, you know, the next land is Japan, for example, from the United States, it was incredibly shocking, the vastness of, of uh, you know, the ocean. Right. It's a very wild coast, definitely compared to what you're telling me the Aegean looks like. And this is what I wanted to say, from from sharks to currents to really huge pollution, very big pollution in parts. So has being in Northern California and seeing the wild Pacific Ocean, which is not blue, and full of um, waves, and definitely they have great blue sharks. I, too, lived in uh, that area for 10 years. Um, has that changed affected your artistic expression? Definitely, of course. First of all, this is uh, the place where I first saw this uh, material. Uh, in, uh, in the Mediterranean, we have a completely different uh, seaweed. Uh, we have the Posidonia Oceanica, which is uh, even more fragile. I could never use it to do, to do uh, what I, I'm doing with uh, the seagrass from the Pacific, which is called uh, Zostera Marina. I weave them together, and this is what I'm, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the dialogue between here mm -hmm. and there. Uh, but also to show the universality and how we are all connected and how we are all interdependent. Uh, so this this was also something that changed with um, in my philosophy, you know, in art practice when I was in uh, California. How everything is uh, connected, and no matter where we are, we are connected with the same issues. 
symbolically I am using these two elements together with the trash that I collect from also both places but also from my travels around the world I always collect everything from everywhere even bits well, how do you bring seagrass back from California in a plastic bag <laughs> it's not so, um, I'm trying to you don't need too much you know and uh, I try to to uh, bring uh, as much as I can in my suitcase and, Do you get uh, strange looks from uh, when you come through? Well, I see always my suitcase is open, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, <laughs> a, it's a fact. But it, does, it, is, it is like um, a grass. Right. So talk to me about the process of combining natural and waste products in your art. How do you choose a mix? Do you view them as hard and soft or some other counterpoint? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm using them both... Um, to show the sensitive balances between the the natural and and the man-made. So what sort of things do you find on the beaches in your hometown or in in the Aegean that you weave in? I I usually collect uh, plastic threads, uh, plastic um, uh, ropes, that they 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 use you know for the boats but right. they are all washed out at the beaches as you understood i guess <laughs> of course everybody and also uh pieces or whole pieces of um, pieces of fishing nets plastic fishing nets or the whole fishing nets if i find and then i combine it with the ones that i crochet or make with the seaweed uh, also plastic bags because I use uh, the plastic bags as a surface and I draw usually I play with maps a lot I, I am inspired by maps and uh, I made make embroideries on the plastic bags hmm. so yeah these are and also uh, pieces of little pieces of wood but especially here on uh, the island uh, because um, there are, we find uh, little pieces of like that, for example, of uh, wood that um, it was part of the wooden fishing boats, which are unfortunately um, less and less. Anyway, so, you know, pieces like that are um, uh, attracted, I am attracted to them. Let's talk about one of the pieces that's uh, really impactful to you, and then you can send me a picture of it. What should we talk about? What should I choose? I guess uh, there are many that are my favorite, but I I could talk about this dress that I sent you the photograph. It's uh, made of um, um, seaweed nets that I crocheted with seaweed and... uh, there, there were nets uh, made um, from 2012 until 2015, and then I combined them all together and I made this dress, which I was wearing it, uh, and I did the performance for four hours, non-stop crocheting. Uh, but it was the first piece that I also used uh, plastic threads. So I invited, uh, in general, I was 
you know, by myself and my elements. But I had a window open uh, for half an hour at the opening where I invited uh, the people to um, give me pieces of seaweed and uh, plastic threads. So that was um, a beautiful, I think, piece uh, to interact also with the, with the audience. Finally, Demetra, as an artist with a wide lens to the problems of the ocean, I wonder if you have a singular call to action. What message would you like to leave the audience with? Uh, I will not say something that you don't already know. Just to be mindful. Just uh, be aware of uh, we are just passersby. Uh, we we need to be responsible for we are responsible for everything that is happening on the earth it's not somebody else who who is making this me- this mess it's us and we need to realize that no matter where we come from or where we stand even a, a little bit uh, matters and we have to realize that because uh, the future generations are coming i mean we have to be more careful it's not endless. The the what the Earth gives us, it's not endless. It's limit. It has limits. So we have to realize our responsibility. Okay. Thank you, Demetra, for being on the Women Mind the Water Artivist Series podcast. I hope that listeners have gained an appreciation for the fragility of natural resources such as seagrass and the power of the artist to transform seemingly inconsequential things into powerful statements. I'd like to remind listeners that I've been speaking with Demetra Skandali, an artist from the Greek island of Paros for the Women Mind the Water Art of a Series podcast. The series can be viewed on womenmindthewater.com, Museum on Main Street, and YouTube. An audio-only version of this podcast is available on womenmindthewater.com, on iTunes, and Spotify. Women Mind the Water is grateful to Jane Rice for the use of her song, Women of Water. All rights for the Women Mind the Water name and logo belong to Pam Ferris Olson. This is Pam Ferris Olson.